To the choir room as we continue on with part two of the Glee 100th episode celebration. Of course, this technically does become episode 101, so, uh, you know, two-parter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we just finished recapping episode 100, and I'm sure you guys just listened to that, so I'm glad you've joined us here for the episode uh, following it called New Directions. Aman, are you excited to get into the second half after we were a little underwhelmed with the first half? Yeah, I'm excited for the second half. Um... I feel like, you know, I mean, this is this is the real end, right? Like, the first one was it was fun. It was a little bit of a teaser for what was eventually going to come. But this is supposed to be the real wrap-up. So I hope that it's, you know, uh, it's done justice. Yeah, I uh, certainly was very emotional the entire time watching it. We'll get into it all. Uh, we, of course, have some guests with us today. You've heard them before, back in Season 4, talking about the wedding episode, Episode 14, I Do. Um, and they're back here. I'll uh, introduce them one by one this time. Of course, uh, first we have Mickey, uh, of course, from Out of Context Glee over on Twitter. I'm sure you guys are uh, following them by now. But uh, Mickey, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yes, I know you're uh, very excited for this episode in particular. Yeah. a certain song in here, so excited to get into it. Uh, and we also, of course, have Kikai with us today. Kikai, welcome back. Hi. Glad to be back. Yes. You guys, uh, who, which one of you like had the final say over wanting to be on this episode? Kikai. Uh, it was me. <laughs> and <laughs> you want to walk us through the reason for that? I mean, I, I think we get the, you know actual of course reason as to why this episode is so important but uh what made you land on this one uh honestly the main reason for this episode is because i haven't seen the other one that we were talking about yet oh right <laughs> yeah because i only i only watched like part of season six i never finished season six so i like skipped the whole middle part but i've seen like all of season five so i knew what this episode was Kikai didn't finish season six because she started watching the first episode and then blaine was dating karavsky and she was like absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> It is a, it is a, uh, that is a really cold open season six. Like they really just smack you in the face with a few of our characters. Like. But Mickey, I, I think we were just talking about this before, but we didn't, you know, obviously have the recording going just yet. But uh, what did you, uh, or both of you make of uh, episode 100, the first part of this two-parter? Um, I mean, I think I agree with you that it was a little underwhelming. I think it definitely had some like top tier performances. Like, I really love Valerie season five. Like, I obviously season two is still like top tier or like god tier, you know? But Valerie season five was still really good, and I just really liked that it was like a dance through it with Britney and all that. And then um, Toxic is always, always, always top tier. And, and then honestly, I really liked Puck singing Keep Holding On to Quinn. So, like, you know, it was underwhelming mostly because April doing Raise Your Glass and when Blaine was like right there and I was like are you kidding <laughs> all the things I could have had you know but you know I definitely agree that it was a little bit overwhelming I do like this episode a lot better yeah as as Amon said this episode is really like a uh a more of a goodbye but uh Kika I of course uh wanted to know as well from you uh do you have any performances from that episode that stand out the same ones or anything different 
Uh, I definitely agree with Valerie and Toxic. And I also like Keep Holding On a lot. But I also think Happy is pretty good. Like, I think that one's really underrated. Like, I think anything Ooh. that Gwyneth Paltrow does on Glee is, like, incredible. So I really enjoyed that one as well. Yeah, you missed us uh, not having a whole lot of praise. for. I mean, we, we praise, of course, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. And, you know, anything she does, Aman was saying, you know, she can turn anything to gold. But that song in general, we were really uh, not here for. Yeah, I mean, I, that's all. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all about being happy, but uh, we weren't too happy with uh, with that selection there. It could have uh, could have been so many other things. You have Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, and and Kristen Chenna with on set. Like, give them something grand to do. The hundredth episode of Glee, rather than a Pharrell song. And I mean, if we're gonna do Raise Your Glass, I don't know. It just felt. A little eh, whatever, but uh, as yeah, mentioned. Yeah, I felt like that was the episode to take a risk for, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, I am so, I think that it's totally within Holly Holiday's character because the whole thing was, oh, yeah, Holly, we're doing songs that we've already done before. We're going to reimagine it. And she's like, yeah, no, fuck that. We're not doing that. That's a terrible idea. That's totally in her character. But then you don't have to, like, go for the top 40 hit of the year, which is happy you know happy like screw that like you're already going to have more eyes on this episode because it's the 100th episode and you know all the fans that you may have lost along the years are coming back so you can give her anything you want to give her you don't have to like do a, a money grab so i don't know it's just a little annoying yeah um, and before we get into the episode itself, I also want to ask you girls, like, uh, we, we're going into a new part of the season. I mean, it's, uh, season five is obviously split into two parts and we're here at the end of this part. Uh, we're about to leave new, the new directions behind, leave McKinley behind and head over to New York for the entire second half of the season. If you even call it a second half, I mean, it's, uh, I think like seven or eight episodes, whatever it is, but, um, Kika, I'll start with you. Were you, uh, okay with this transition that they made at the time? Would you have rather that they found a way to do both or uh, what were your overall thoughts about all this? I'm going to be honest. I didn't like the second half of the season. I honestly think that they could have ended Glee right at this episode. I don't know how many people agree with that, but yeah. Aman, I mean, I, I haven't like, you know been as uh, vocal as you have about being excited for the, for the second half. I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but I think in general, I kind of more line up with Kikai on that. But uh, Mickey, what do you think? Um, I mean, I also agree. Season five was kind of a mess. They could have honestly ended it this episode. I will agree <gasps> with Kikai. We're going to give this man a heart attack. <laughs> I just Guys, like... he's, he's been really excited. It just went so many different ways and like, I don't know, like with the whole Rachel storyline at the end of the season and like, it just, I don't know, man, wasn't it? The second half was just so forgettable. Okay, 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 okay. okay. (laughs) I, there are, like, look, okay, yeah, season five is messy. It's very messy. (laughs) And even in New York towards the end, it gets, it gets crazy. And I understand, you know, after the end of this episode, you're like, what could they pop? Because I had no idea what they were going to do. I was like, what could they possibly do after this? Like, the new directions are done. Like, what are they going to do? Like, find some secret money stashed away in some underground cavern underneath McKinley for the Glee Club to be able to, you know, continue? Like, that would just be crazy. Like, what are they going to do? But I find the next era of the show, at least the beginning portion of it, so refreshing to get to see all of them in this new light. 
all of them sort of uh, have to deal with the struggles of, of having like bits and pieces of their dreams come true. It was a bit theme of the week, but that's also Glee. And I just enjoyed getting to see all of these kids actually grow up and, you know, deal with life on a different level and like really relying on one another. I was like, this is so refreshing. And there were so many cool songs that came out of that era. I'm just so sad that you guys would have, this would have been a terrible <laughs> ending to the show. A terrible ending to Glee if this were the last episode. I just, I just think like, I don't know, like obviously there was the good part portions of it. It was just like so weird because like season three ends they all graduate and then it was kind of a mix of like, these new kids and then like the old ones and it was like you saw the old ones sometimes but you were also getting to know these new kids and like yeah okay we saw like last episode I never really got into the new kids storyline anyway but like you know it was like a mix and then I feel like after that you would just go back to the old kids but it's not really following them how it used to I don't know like it's just their storylines kind of went all over the place and then in season six, you're back to these new kids. And I really like the season six newbies, like, don't get me wrong. And, like, Aman, I agree with you that there was a lot of really great songs coming from, like, season six and the ha- later half of season five. But just, like, plot-wise, and I know no one watches Glee for the plot, but plot-wise, it was a little bit of a mess. Yeah, I mean, it was a spinoff, essentially. It, You know, that's I think that's the only way to really describe it with, you know, if you're not a fan of it to make yourself feel better about it, that, you know, season five pretty much ended here. Essentially, this still feels like it's a continuation of season four. Um, you know, this all could have been one season, but then, you know, we're, we're going to go into the next set of episodes and that's essentially just like Glee, colon, NYC. Like, it's just not the exact same show. Season six is way closer to, you know, what we're used to where, you know, we're going to see how that all plays out. Out, but I don't know. It's essentially just like a little mini break in the usual format to try something new. You have to imagine they were experimenting with all that to see, well, you know, we're at the end of five seasons of the show. They knew that they had another one. So at a, a certain point, it was like, so what do we like better? Like, can we get the audience to be on board with this for an entire another season? Like, do they want to just follow them to college and to the, you know, to their futures and NYC and whatnot? Or do we need to kind of bring it back to what we, you know, what, what people know best? And that's, of course, where they're going to end up going into season six. But we still have, uh, you know, uh, at least Amon's excited, uh, super excited to get into it. So we'll uh, we'll look forward to that and see what we can uh, squeeze out of it, because I think there is some good stuff. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, they, they and not to give the writers too much slack, because, I mean, you're writers, like you're supposed to be good at this shit. You're supposed, this is what you do for a living. Right. Um I, it was a, it, they were in a very strange predicament. Right. Because they. Glee got signed by Fox for two new seasons. So they got renewed for both seasons five and six towards the middle of season four. They had a whole plan. I mean, we hear it in season or episode three of this season for what this show was supposed to be like. Then uh, Corey Monteith unfortunately passes away. Everything gets shuffled. Everything. So that's why it gets so messy because the plan that they had, it's not. they can't make it work in the same way. Because I have no doubt that if Finn... Went, was supposed to go to school, become a teacher, come back to McKinley, coach the Glee Club. We would have seen, we would have been able to see all of those kids until the end of the series. But because that didn't happen, and because Sue was already principal, and because Sue's main character motivation is to destroy the Glee Club, no matter how, how no matter how you put it, 
they had to get rid of those kids. They had to get rid of the Glee Club and they had to somehow make it make sense. So I felt like going to New York was like a bit of a reprieve from the humdrums of what we usually gotten. And while I will always continue to say justice for Unique, justice for Jake Puckerman, justice for even so justice for fucking Joe, okay? I will always be a champion for them. Like, I think that it was like a necessary sacrifice in order for you to really come into the last season with some form of redemption arc to mm-hmm. you know to to make it make sense so yeah there's there's i i, I and i don't disagree i think there's uh, a lot of good stuff coming up which like i said we'll get to all of that in due time but um before we actually do get into this episode i know i've said that like twice already uh kikai and mickey i want to <laughs> ask you guys a couple quick questions here because we've been through a, a lot here in season five um nothing has been put out just yet but i'm gonna ask you a couple quick questions kikai you answer first then mickey um question number one beatles tribute episodes thumbs up or thumbs down kikai Ooh, uh... or you could go like middle Middle, I guess. Okay. Mickey? Thumbs down. Thumbs down on the Beatles. That's kind of where we landed. Uh, the quarterback. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Kikai? Thumbs down. Really? Thumbs I, down. I still don't know how they did it. Yeah? Oh, go, let's go into that for a second. What do you, uh, Kikai, why not? What was, uh... I don't know. I just... they. Uh, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on this episode. <laughs> I just feel like they focused on the wrong characters, but I also understand why they couldn't focus on specific characters. But also, I don't know, the way it was written and a bunch of the plot lines and stuff, I was just not about it. Thumbs down, for one thing. Can I just say, I'm not going to get into all my thoughts on the quarterback because I have a lot of thoughts on the quarterback. But listen, Noah Puckerman was in no way my favorite character. No way. But the way it was handled when fucking Shu took the jacket, I was so pissed that he ended up with the jacket. That was my big <laughs> thing. But when the way it was handled when he took the jacket and everyone blamed Puck, and he let them, and then and then everyone leaves the room, and it's just Shu and Puck. And Shu still blames Puck, fully knowing that <laughs> he didn't take the jacket. And you're like, this guy's best friend just fucking died. And you're letting everyone blame him for something he didn't fucking do, and he has no way to prove he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I just think that was so shitty. Yeah, weren't mm-hmm. you pissed off at that too, Matt? Or like, not pissed off. I was definitely like, pissed kinda... off. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll spoil, you know, both of you and tell you that uh, I did end up giving that episode zero slushies, um, which kind of counters what, you know, you're saying about thumbs down on it. Uh, I'm an emotional grader. When I uh, get to the slushy ratings and I spent an entire episode crying, I'm like, oh, that was great. Like, I, they, they got me. Um, so that ended up being uh, where, where I went with that. But I totally was uh, down on that as well. I was like, come on with the Will stuff. I mean, you know, of course, he was going to be nowhere on my radar for like a gold star or anything like that. But uh, I didn't let him bring down the rest of the episode. I don't, I just think, like, I didn't like how it was handled. I have, like, a lot of issues with it. Like, obviously, I cry during, like, through basically the entire thing, you know? Like, I'm not going to say I don't. Like, that's my, like, I have only seen it in full twice because I just refuse to watch it. And, like, obviously, like, it literally hurts my heart every single time. And I have it vividly, I can see it vividly in my head, but it's just, like, I have so many issues. Like, once... When I first watched it, obviously, I was just, like, sobbing the entire time. But then when I was watching it during my rewatch, I was like, damn, I really hate how some of this played out. Yeah, fair enough. There's... uh, Maybe we should have had you guys on for that one as well. (laughs) Um, It's, you know, uh, that episode is pretty important to a lot of Glee fans. Um, I have three more quick ones. I never want to watch that episode again, so... (laughs) No. <laughs> probably, yeah. probably would not have wanted to be on that episode. 
Fair enough. Uh, I have three more for you guys. Uh, one is uh, the Chipmunk song. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I don't remember it. And I'm glad I don't. We'll leave it at oh, that. Oh, my goodness. All right, fine. <laughs> Absolute thumbs down, my dude. Oh, my God. I shouldn't be asking these questions. They're all hurting my heart. Um, <laughs> what else did I have? Um, uh, Rachel or Santana, Don't Rain in My Parade. I have to go with Rachel. But Santana's is also good. I just think Rachel's is better. Okay, okay. I hate this question. I hate this question. I hate this question. I love Santana's version, all right? Like, I love the twist she put on it. I Like, Rachel's is amazing, very traditional, and, like, she does an amazing job with it. I love Santana's twist on it. I don't think I could pick. I think, like, as far as actually being Fanny Bryce, like, Rachel obviously had that in the bag. But, um, like, for the song, I just think they both did a really great job with it. All right. All right. I'll let you off this time. I'm also, I said three <laughs> questions, but that was actually two. Um, all right. Let's get into this episode. Uh, let's uh, not waste any more time for the uh, actual episode that we are here for. Of course, we started off in the last episode with uh, the new directions are going down. They lost at nationals. Well, they came in second place. They didn't really lose, but uh, I guess technically they lost. Sue is Closing out Chop in the Glee Club in the choir room. It's all done. It's over. Uh, at the end of the last episode, we saw Will and the New Directions alumni all coming together. And, you know, they were while they were standing at Finn's plaque and uh, Lillian Adler's plaque, you know, they were talking about all the memories and trying not to forget everything. And Holly and April up in the rafters were talking about we need to do something. So we're going to start this episode off with Holly and April in the teacher's lounge. They're playing Kill Mary Bone. Uh, first, they are talking about Figgins, Brad the piano player, and Will. Will. Holly's like, oh, that's easy. I would bang Will, marry Figgins, and push Brad off a cliff. Uh, April's like, what? No way. I would marry Will, have sex with Figgins. See, I've gotten real good at getting my soul to float above my body when I'm doing the nasty. So I'd cringe my way through a sweaty hump session with Figgins and bone Will Schuster well into my 60s. Uh, Sue's going to show up and says that uh, she's like, I'd usually have you kicked out, April, because you don't belong here. But I see you're hanging out with Holly Holiday, so I'll make an exception. Um, of course, Sue and Holly have been best friends forever since they met. Sue is obsessed with Holly, like her best girlfriend probably on earth. Um, Amon, were you surprised to see the audition for The Amazing Race as Team Gorgeous with these uh, blue and pink tracksuits? I mean, listen, perfect team. Perfect team. <laughs> like, Sue would be the one, they'd be a polarizing team because you'd have half the fans that would like want Sue to lose because she's so ruthless, but half would want her to win because she's so ruthless, but then everybody would love Holly because she's just Holly. So I, w- I think that'd be captivating television, honestly. Mm-hmm. If they ever do a celebrity drag race, celebrity drag race, I'm drag race. if they ever do a celebrity <laughs> amazing race, <laughs> oh my God. Like I need Jane Lynch and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow to go as Holly Holiday and Sue Sylvester. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sign me up. I'm uh, I'm all in on watching that. Even You know, I'm, I'm just wondering like which of the writers over at Glee was like the CBS reality fan and uh, how was this only the first reference? I mean, um, whatever. Works for me. Uh, Holly is going to ask Sue in the teacher's lounge, uh, which Sue, of course, immediately recognizes that Holly's probably going to ask like, so how do we save the Glee club? Um, Holly's like, well, no, just because Glee is over doesn't mean there can't be any music at the school, right? So maybe we can just work music into some of these other clubs. Uh, they're going to ask her for just one more week. Sue says, fine, you know, try to involve Will in this and see if you can soften the blow of the Glee club being canceled. So uh, Mickey, I'll start with you. Uh, happy to see these two back, I'm sure, right? Holly and April to uh, save the Glee club. Uh, yes, I love both of those characters so much, most like Holly especially, and I was really happy that they got at least like a few episodes of an arc in this season because I did miss them, and 
Um, it was great to just see them back and trying to save the Glee Club in any way they could. Mm-hmm. Kika, do you think we had like the perfect amount or too little, too much of uh, Holly and April over the years? Uh, I think we had a good amount. I think we should have had more Holly uh, than April, but that's just me also. And do we know like, Amon, do we know when uh, Gwyneth Paltrow started getting together with Brad Falchuk? Like, is that around this time or like later years? I, it definitely wasn't when she first appeared on the show. So not, at least not in season two. I don't remember when exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if they had started by now. Yeah. That was like, uh, whoever is the person that like contacts, like actually gets these guys to come down to set, uh, uh Gwyneth Paltrow and, and, uh, Kristen Chenoweth, like Brad Falchuk, you know, reached out to that person, got the number, made this all happen. And, uh, here we are. So, uh, glad those two <laughs> worked out, but, uh, yeah. So the two of them are here to try to save the Glee club, of course. And, uh, we got to come up with some different creative ways because everything that they've they been trying dating in 2014. So yeah, it would have been this season. All right. There you go. Makes sense. Um, yeah, everything that they've been trying is not working. Um, another person who is uh, trying a lot of things not working out, uh, Tina Cohen Chang, who is going to start us off with a bit of a monologue about how this is the time in a person's life where it's supposed to be uh, full, uh, feeling fresh and full of possibility. But unlike every other senior at this school, I'm the only one still waiting by the phone to be invited to the dance. She got rejected to her backup school, Ohio State. How sad. Uh, And Brown still hasn't told her if she got in yet. So at this point, she's taking desperate measures. Uh, She talks to us about how she was adopted um, and she's never been to Temple, but all of her friends are going to school in New York and Mitzvah is the only school that's still accepting for the fall semester. So she wrote an essay about the reason why she's applying late because she was on a kibbutz or whatever that is. Uh, So here we go. Fingers crossed. I got to get to New York somehow. She goes over to the choir room and finds Rachel and Sam and already packing away the trophies, which they were trying to do before Sue came and had the Cheerios do it for them. Uh, Tina is, of course, going to break into some tears, as she always does. Um, but before she's able to do so, Blaine is going to come storming into the room with Kurt. Blaine got into Niata, so yay! Uh, we're all going to New York together. This is so exciting. Tina could not be happier. But as the celebrating is uh, beginning, Aman, we are going to go into one of the best things that we do with Tina's character when she gets knocked unconscious on the floor and uh, we go into a dream sequence. I mean... This girl's brain comes up with the most (laughs) elaborate situations. It's like, I don't know what the hell she would have come up with if she had been one of the kids affected by that gas leak back in Puppet Master. Because if this is what she does when she's asleep, then damn. This is great. This is amazing. I mean, it's like foreshadowing what's eventually going to happen. It is kind of like a Glee fever dream. There's no way that they could actually make any of this work with that large of a cast. But... To see all of them in like this sitcom, uh, you know, scenario, yeah, all of them in New York, like almost ho- the whole original cast, like minus like who wasn't there, like Quinn or something. Like this is just no, yeah, no Quinn. I love this so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so obviously uh, Tina gets knocked out by the trophy. She ends up on the ground, and uh, we're going to go into this dream sequence that turns into a uh, like Friends uh, parody that is, of course, a, it's called Chums uh, with the Friends title card. Uh, it spells out Chums, and we see them by the water fountain, um, and it's everybody in New York. The NY3, uh, Tina, Artie, Sam, and Blaine are all there. Uh, Kikai, uh, we'll, we'll talk you know, a little bit about this scene uh some some details but what stood out to you from this that was uh maybe your favorite part of it i liked mike appearing i just love whenever mike's there and just his like like four seconds in the restaurant it was just great 
<laughs> where do we get the ketchup? Mike Chang, <laughs> what are you doing here? I'm here to win Tina back. Oops, did I say that out loud? Also, I'm here to teach dance to the homeless, and I brought a few chums to help me out. <laughs> um, yeah, Mike, uh, glad, glad he was able to show up. It was so much fun to me to see everybody in the Spotlight Diner outfits. I mean, that was... I uh, mean, you would not be picture. getting served in that Spotlight Diner. Like, if the New Directions were the entire staff at the Spotlight Diner, just the, the Yelp reviews would be in shambles. Like, I would never... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. All the rest of the employees would quit. Exactly. They would be like, fuck these people. Like, I'm not working with them. They're all friends, and they all, like, date each other and kiss each other. Like, ew, God, get me out of here. Uh, Mickey, any highlights from all this? I was going to say Mike Chang also, just because I oh literally love Mike Chang with my whole heart and soul. <laughs> yes, um, it was a lot of fun. What about you, Aman? Yeah, I mean, just everything about it. I mean, Rachel getting that dumbass spray tan, Sam always forgetting his pants, then uh, Puck, Brittany, and Mercedes popping up at the very last second. Like, I kind of wanted more. Like, I was like, damn, I felt I felt cheated when she woke up. I was like, bitch, go back to sleep. Hit her in the head again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had the laugh track going, uh, you know, like really stupid lines that were followed up by really dumb, like, laugh tracks. The, all the Sam stuff where Sam was showing up uh, in just like boxers and a, and a T-shirt and they were like, Sam, where are your clothes? Oh, whoops, I left them at the laundromat. Ha 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 Rachel locking herself in the bathroom and Santana's like knocking on the door. I'm serious. Open the G-dang door. And then Rachel comes out with a horrible spray tan. Um, she tells Kurt that she's never getting spray tanned again at a Vietnamese donut shop. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so as uh, Mike shows up, he brings all of his chums, which of course are Puck, Mercedes, and Brittany, who emerge from behind the counter and just pop up, and uh, everybody's there working at the Spotlight Diner. I mean, everybody but Quinn and maybe whoever else, uh, maybe not thinking of. But yeah, so uh, that's that's the uh, friends sequence here. But as Amon, you mentioned, uh, Tina is going to wake up. Sam uh, gets her on her feet again. He apologizes to her. She says, "It's okay. Uh, New York is going to be amazing. I, I just saw it. I can I, I can dream it. I believed it. So I'm excited for that." But yeah, if uh, if anyone out there is not watching along with us, go back and watch that scene. It was a lot of fun to uh, to visit. But that's that. Uh, we're going to go over to the auditorium. We see Mercedes and Kurt in there talking about how, you know, everybody has all these fe good feelings and memories. Mercedes is like, look at Puck and Quinn over there. I mean, I have no idea what's going on between those two, nor do I know where her boyfriend ran off to. But uh, looks like we can be expecting another accidental pregnancy sometime soon. Uh, Kurt says, but alas, old good feelings come uh, with, with bad ones and good ones. So uh, today. Mercedes and I were just out to lunch in the lunch line when a battle from way back when came back out and we found ourselves at each other's throats again. Um, and Amon, we see uh, another Tots fight. Why are they getting lunch in the cafeteria? Yeah! I was like, why are they taking resources from the state intended for the kids? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have lunch tickets? Because uh, that's not for you, boo. And were they really at each other's throats? I was like, y'all really are trying to equate like this fight over a Broadway role that Santana and Rachel are going through with you guys arguing about whether or not potato tots are actual potatoes in which they are Kurt like just because they're fried doesn't mean they're not potatoes like frying something doesn't make it not what it is he was kind of pissing me off so I guess I'm more <laughs> team Mercedes here yeah they're obviously the two of them are uh, really focusing in on a two uh, sp a specific set of two of their friends in the crowd that are uh, currently at odds. Mercedes is like, yeah, it's hard to see friends fighting. I'm just glad that none of you were there to see it, uh, which apparently Artie was. He's like, I was literally right behind you. Uh, Kurt says, but the most upsetting thing is watching two people fight uh, that you love care you know about something ridiculous. Uh, there's there's nothing you can even do to stop it. But thankfully, Mercedes and I made up and we've never been closer. And we decided to heal our hearts with a song, of course. And we're gonna see. A 
a uh, performance here to start things off of I Am Changing uh, from Kurt and Mercedes, Mickey. I, you know, like, honestly, didn't hate this performance. I love Mercedes and everything she does. Uh, We know how I feel about Kurt. (laughs) But I think they did a great job, and I really liked the fact that they were trying to, like, get Rachel and Santana, like, be friends again. And, like, I know that's the whole Glee thing is that, like, someone sings a song and then, like, everything is forgiven. (laughs) Or, like, someone sings a song and everyone's so moved. And so they did the whole thing where, like, they were singing the song and then Rachel kept looking over at Santana. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, all right. I guess that's it. Like, y'all have this whole feud. It's not, to spoil it, but, like, yeah. I thought it was a great performance. I thought they did great. Yes, uh, Mercedes is really like her only song of this episode. Um, I saw a behind the scenes clip of uh, Chris Colfer talking about how he was excited to be doing this number with Amber. But uh, he's like, when am I going to get a chance to shine? He was like joking. He's like, of course, I'm up there with Amber. That's a battle I will never win. Um, but it turned out to be a good number. I, I would agree. Uh, Kika, did you like this one? Uh, yeah, I when I rewatched it earlier, I thought it was really good. I don't really focus on a lot of current numbers, but I thought this one was pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, fair to say. Um, they they looked good up there. I mean, you know, they uh, somehow age like 100 years after they graduate. So they all look like much older than they actually are. But whatever. Uh, fine with me. As uh, mentioned, yeah, the spotlight is going to like land on Santana and Rachel. And Rachel's like trying to kind of smile a little bit through this. Santana looks super annoyed. So, you know, kind of fitting to that character. Um, yeah, Mercedes sounds great. Everyone gets up and claps and uh you know, including Santana, but Brittany's like sitting there and like looking at her kind of funny. Shady. I mean, this number for me is kind of like, uh, I, I um, we talk about how like numbers are shoehorned into episodes. Kurt was shoehorned into this number and like, he didn't sound bad, but this song is sung by Effie White in Dreamgirls. Like it's a big, big, big soulful number and that's just not his voice so for him to be i'm not you know trying to be a gatekeeper or anything but it just tonally it was just off for me so eh, it was okay i mean it's not it's not a bad performance it's just like why these two why like especially yeah because like i agree with i agree with chris cole for like why would you put him next to amber like does it make any sense to me because then we're just going to be sitting here think, talking about how amber smashed it and she kept getting interrupted by Kurt. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I noticed the entire song. It was like hard to not just be paying attention to Amber. I was like trying to give my attention to both of them, but uh, I mean, it's hard. It's just uh, Mercedes, of course, is going to be the one that stands out in that performance. But hey, at least uh, Chris Colfer was in good spirits about it behind the scenes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so they are working their best to get Rachel and Santana back on the same page. Santana is off in the bathroom and, uh, you know, putting her face together. Rachel walks in uh, to talk to her and she's like, you remember when we first met? I was in here doing my hair and Santana stops her. She's like, you're trying to make peace with me by being all, nostalg- being all nostalgic because if so, you're forgetting uh, the one thing that you should have learned from all of our magical time together. And it's that I have no heart. Uh, Rachel admits to her that she's like, I've been unkind to you before, right? Uh, I get it. And I'm not going to get into the whole thing about how watching Kurt and Mercedes got me all sentimental because I know you're just going to make fun of me for it. And Santana's like, no, you know what? Please go ahead. Because if I don't express my venom at least once a day, I get constipated. Rachel is going to come to her with a peace offering here because we know that these two have been at odds for the past couple of episodes about everything Funny Girl related. Santana auditioned. She got the understudy part. And it's really caused a major riff in the friendship that they had been forming. 
Uh, Rachel comes to her and says, I want to give you 10 shows. Any 10 shows after the first three months. You can pick. They can be 10 in a row, one at a time. It's a peace offering. And that way your mom can come or your abuela. I just don't want to do this anymore. It's exhausting and it's depressing. Santana says, no, I want them all. The only reason why you're doing this for me is because you know that I'm going to go all showgirls on you and win. So no more scraps, Rachel. I will be happy and kiss and be friends uh, once you give me the part. Uh, Rachel, who really thought that this was going to go over well, she's like, God, what is it about? Like, what is it even about anymore, Santana? I just don't get it. And Santana's not going to give her an answer. She just smirks and walks out of the room. So, uh, Mickey, are we, uh, or how are we feeling about this uh, feud that has been going on for a majority of their their time together on the show, especially here in season five? You know, like, I think the feud was kind of overdone. I'm not going to lie. Like, I understand why Rachel's angry and Santana is, this was like, honestly, like, I can excuse a lot of things Santana's done because most of the time they're just like, whatever. This was very bitchy of Santana. Like, the fact that she was literally just... Honestly, I think her only motivation here was just to, like, fuck Rachel over. And, like, you know, like, we were... Rachel Berry is a lot of things, but, like, that was pretty shitty of her. And, um... I just think, honestly, it was so overdone. Like, it could have ended so much earlier. And it just... Like, there really was no real motivation behind it. Like, if Santana had an actual reason behind what she was doing other than to just, like, make Rachel mad, then I would have liked it more. But what I did enjoy is the fact that they didn't just kiss and make up after um, the song. Like, I enjoyed that it took something else for Santana to be like, okay, I realize I'm being shitty. Yeah, I also agree it was really overdone. I mean, I feel like, I, I don't remember a lot of season five, but, like, I remember this, and I just thought this was, like, the most ridiculous thing ever. Because I feel like, I don't know, like, a lot about Broadway, but I feel like her getting offered 10 shows, that's a, that's really good. And I just feel like her taking it would be okay, but I also understand why she didn't. But she was also being super dramatic at the same time. I just think, like, this whole thing was, like, just so dramatic and so unnecessary. Like, because they had finally had these two characters who had been at Oz the whole show finally be friends, and now they're just giving them this unnecessary drama. And it just didn't really work after, like, all, like... I feel like they had, like developed a solid friendship at the end of season four and they just like ruined that like the second season five started yeah this really sucks this really sucks i don't it's it's completely unreasonable and santana of all people should realize just how much of a leap this took for rachel to do and maybe we shouldn't congratulate rachel for trying to be a decent person but in this situation she's not really being a decent person she's being overly decent like this is her job you know what i mean like, she she got this role she won this role she has every right to sing and dance on every like on eight eight times a week every week you know what i mean but she said to santana i will give you 10 shows eight in a row or 10 in a row or 10 scattered all over the place you pick i just want to give you those shows and so for santana to like sort of like spit in her face and be like no i want them all strictly based on because she just doesn't want rachel to get all of the glory this time around like you're doing too much and when when she calls her out on it she literally has nothing to say. She's like, "Why are you? Why are you? Why are you like this?" And she's just like, "Huh," and walks out. Like it's just there's there literally is no motivation other than I'm being a mean, cold, horrible bitch. And she's never been a mean, cold, horrible bitch in this way before. I feel like this is like the worst that we've seen her. And I just don't understand exactly. why they did that. 
I really and I really hate it because I, I, I always felt for, you know, watching this after hearing about how the tension on set between these two was so like so rampant at this time it always felt like they were really just taking the easy way out and like incorporating what the real life stuff was into this and i I don't know if this is just ryan murphy picking sides here and obviously he's always going to pick leah's side and making you know the character of santana the super villain in all of this and saying like you know the two of them are always at each other's throats let's like amplify it and make santana extra mean uh right now because it's just so easy for these two to play these characters right now i don't know but it really felt like uh this this entire like uh, the dynamic between the two of them just really got so much more vicious in this season uh, which like I said just is not a coincidence with all of what was being said at the time about you know how set was so I don't know um, I, I pretty much agree with what you guys are all saying there I don't know if uh, you know it's and it's you know sucky because Santana is a uh, the, this character is not going to be very consistent going forward. She's still around, you know, she's still in the rest of this season, but like, she's going to be getting a couple episodes off. Uh, we'll get to why in a, in a little bit, but, um, and then season six, you know, she's not even a main cast member anymore. So it's, uh, a little, you know, this part of the season really gets me sad because, of course, for my favorite character to kind of be like fading out and not really, you know, given, the Santana part that we like know and love and like root for is uh, a little frustrating, but what are you going to do? Uh, we go over to the hallway and we see Will and Holly talking about how Will is like, I'm just not sold on this idea that Holly has. Uh, she's like, she insists. She's like, it's going to work. I swear you just have to trust me. We go over to one of the classrooms and Holly is doing another one of her giant ass impressions uh, going all out. Like Sam Evans is shook about somebody else doing impressions like 10 times uh, like more all out than he ever could. Um, but she is going to transition whatever this weird uh, impression is into a performance of party all the time uh, because I, I didn't even like understand what was happening here. She's an animal rights activist uh, who was uh, hypersensitive to loud noise, and uh, but that doesn't mean that I don't know how to party. So it just goes into this like really weird shoehorn transition into a uh, party all the time. And uh, Amon, what did you what did you think about this number? Why? <laughs> <laughs> now don't get me wrong. I am down to you know. I feel like this Eddie Murphy song. I feel like a lot of people don't know that the song is Eddie Murphy song. Um, I I I, I love this song. You you'll get me with a a nice little '80s uh cocaine club mix record like i'm I'm good with it but why (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just so random they just shoved this in the episode for what because y'all got gwyneth paltrow on set you know like we want her we want her to to do 80s glam rock i just don't i don't understand that's exactly why kika you like this number I liked it, but it also was super unnecessary. Like, I agree on that. Like, <laughs> I just feel like they kept shoving in numbers in the 100th episode. And I think there was another song for this, for one of the two episodes, and they just cut it out. And I feel like, I don't even remember which one that was, but I feel like that would have fit in totally more than clips. this one did. Yeah, totally yeah, clips, to- yeah. totally clips of the heart. And uh, Aman, I have listened to that since yesterday, and I definitely have heard it before. I guess I just uh, lost that out of my memory. But yeah, so uh, Holly has all the Glee Club and the alumni in this classroom with her. And as she gets started, Rachel gets up and dances with her. And then Mike and Blaine get up and they join in, as does pretty much everybody else. Uh, they're all in the hallway in their 80s outfits. They're just all dressed up. Rachel looks like she went shopping in Sugar's wardrobe because that's available to her now. Um, and then we end up in this huge room, which I believe from that behind the scenes video that I watched was like some local club that they, you know, had to themselves that day and, you know, did a full shoot in there. Um, It's just all like 
disco, whatever. Everybody's dancing in these crazy outfits. And uh, at the end of this, she's like, how's that for a field trip? I don't understand this plot line. Like, what were they trying to do? I know they were trying to, like, make Glee, like, no, actually, I don't really understand what was going on. Like, what was the plan to save the Glee Club? I actually don't really get it. Yeah, um, I guess, so this was a different club, right? I guess they were trying to make this um, some kind of, like, animal rights club, and they were like, we can incorporate music into it. I just don't get it. And then there's, like, like this number, I'm not going to lie, it banged. I love (laughs) I love like Holly Holiday with my heart and soul and like this song this like just doing this episode recap this song is what has been playing in my head on repeat the entire time of all the songs in this episode so like I dig it I just don't understand what was going on I mean I guess like now that I'm now that I'm you know talking it out with you guys I guess it makes a little bit more sense because I mean Holly talks about in the last episode about how she just pops up teaches lessons and then gets the hell out of like <laughs> just pop up and be the captain of some new club in the school but it's just like <laughs> it's just it's sloppy to me it's just so sloppily done but i thought it was so hilarious that the kids that were actually in that club before the glee club took over like the actual animal whatever the animal rights club were like in the back of the club <laughs> during the performance like what the hell is going on here because it's just as, they're just as confused as we are <laughs> essentially but yeah mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, this episode for me was a little uh, a little confusing in the early goings of it and uh, a little like felt like the uh, previous episode. But as we get towards the second half, I think it really picked up and uh, kind of took hold for what they were going for. So, uh, you know, got to get through some of this weird stuff to get there. But uh, yeah, as mentioned, I think uh, we all probably enjoyed this number, at least uh, to start off with, because the Gwyneth Paltrow numbers, even when it's like, you know, what is happening here? It's uh, it's fine. You're happy to see uh, Holly Holiday on screen. It's a character that like has to be universally beloved. I don't want to hear from anybody that's not a Holly Holiday stand because that's just insane. You're a crazy person. Get help. Um, but we're going to go over to the choir room. Santana walks in and finds Brittany in there with a million lilies all over the room, uh, which are supposedly the lesbian of flowers, uh, Brittany says. Brittany is going to give Santana a gift. Two tickets to Lesbos Island. One-way tickets, actually. She figured once they got there, they would never want to leave. Santana's going to sit her down and talk to her about how, you know, I love you, but running away to a lesbian island is not the answer. Uh, You don't have to run back to MIT just because you're an amazing mathematical mind and you can solve all the world's problems doesn't mean that you have to. That's not your dream, but neither is, you know, being with me. Like, that's not your dream either. Uh, Brittany's like, you're one to talk since when is becoming a Broadway star your goal in life? Uh, Santana says, a star is a star. Doesn't matter where in the sky I shine. And Brittany says, I don't, I don't want to run, run away with you just because I want to run away. I want to run away with you because you and I are the only truly awesome people that I've ever met. And I'm tired of doing stuff that only matters to people less awesome than us. Um, and Santana's like, well, this isn't like your math stuff. Like, I'm going to be rich and famous, and this is a good first step for me. And besides, I'm not going to let, uh, you know, Barry go win. She, uh, Brittany says, you've spent most of your life in the closet because you cared about what people thought about you. Walking away from a dream that you don't actually care about is winning because it's you saying, this is not who I am, and I don't care who knows it. Santana, her, of course, this is how things work with her and Brittany. This goes all the way back to season two. It's just, you know, she, she gets into the room with her. Brittany starts talking and she finds all the right words to say. And Santana tells her, it's funny. I mean, I spent months tangled up in knots and in five minutes, you straightened me out. You know, you really are a genius, Brittany, which she knows. Um, and she says, I'm just the world's foremost expert in the field of Santana Lopez. So 
What do you want to do? So we have a decision before us, Aman, but uh, what do you think? Should they run away to Lesbos Island? I mean, I would run away to Lesbos Island. I mean, especially right now. Like, God damn, I need to get out of the house. But, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, this this is really cute. I feel like Brittany, I mean, Brittany has always been that guiding light for Santana. And so anytime that Brittany tells you to do something, if I were Santana, I would just listen because more, you know, off, you know, more often than not, she knows, you know, what the best thing to do would be. And so, I mean, I feel like you need to, I really feel like Santana needs to, to get out of her own head. I don't, I don't necessarily know if like going on vacation before you figured out your entire life is always the best. Like you don't want to run away from your problems either, but at the same time, she's clearly not like, you're not happy Santana. Like if this is all about not wanting Rachel Berry to win, you are never going to be fulfilled. You are never going to be able to sustain yourself because okay so you 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 somehow miraculously pry this role from Rachel's dead hands and then what what's the next dream what what are you going to do so mm-hmm. yeah kika any uh, any surprise to see that this is uh not working out very well for Brittany over at MIT that uh, turns out she doesn't actually love doing math all day long rather than uh, dancing and singing and being with Santana yeah, I'm not shocked. I just feel like that whole Britney plotline kind of just came out of nowhere and they only like introduced mm-hmm. it because Heather had to leave the show. So when they just like said it wasn't working out, I was like, it's not a shock at all because this is just like something they had to do to get her off the show. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember, uh, Mickey, what did you guys say last time? I mean, I, I think last time we specifically were talking about um, a lot of like how we felt about clean. I don't know. Did we touch much on uh, Britannia and how we feel about them, you know, staying together, uh, not talking any much about how season six goes for a lack of spoilers? Uh, we didn't talk much about Britannia because that episode obviously was more so uh, Quintana. <laughs> yeah, um, true, true, true. I love Britannia. Britannia is like my favorite couple on the show. I think for them, the difference between Clayne and them for me is they, to me, they were always meant to be together. Like, we always knew that they were going to come back to each other at some point, regardless of, like, the fact that they would spend, like, maybe a season apart. But, like, I don't know. It always just seemed like that was going to happen. Like, you and you always knew it was going to happen, even when they had different love interests, even before we even knew Santana was a lesbian. I feel like you always knew there was something going on there. And then... I just feel like they were always just two people that were always meant to come back to each other. But then with Clayne, it's just, I look at it and I'm like, this is honestly a relationship that shouldn't have lasted outside of high school. Like Blaine had so many suitors. And I feel like Kurt also would have had so many suitors had this been like a real life thing, you know, like I, he went to New York and he was honestly like when he went to New York and kind of reinvented himself, he was kind of a catch. Like he could have, he like outgrew Blaine. I truly think. And I really think they shouldn't have lasted outside of high school. And that's the difference between the two couples for me, I think. Yeah. Mon, do you have anything else to add to that? No, I mean, I, I agree. I agree entirely. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll get back to these two in a little bit. But uh, let's go take a turn over to uh, back to, well, actually, I was going to say back to the choir room, but that's where we were. Uh, I guess Brittany left behind a bunch of the flowers and uh, Tina, Blaine, Artie and Sam were all in there. And I guess a little confused as to why all these flowers in there. But uh, that's not the point. Tina's going to come in and tell them that she was denied from Mitzvah University because they figured out the truth. Tina tried to pass herself off as being only Tina Cohen, which had me cracking up. 
Um, I uh, don't know if anybody else on this call right now is Jewish, but uh, the the last name Cohen is uh, very often a Jewish last name, and uh, that is just very funny that they made that happen uh, with this joke. Uh, so even if it only got me and a couple other people, whatever. Um, but they knew what her real name was, Tina Cohen Chang. They called her a big fat liar, and uh, she says that she did not get in. So she guesses, you know, I'm the only one going, uh, not going to New York here. Blaine is like, no, you can still definitely come. You know, Kurt went without a plan. It's an adventure. And Tina still is like saying no. She's like, I feel like a free-floating loser. I just, uh, this doesn't seem like a, uh, a worthwhile adventure for me. When she calls herself a loser, Blaine is like, oh, like me. And then Sam is like, and me. And Artie's like, and me. And of course, that cheesy way is uh, leading us into a uh, redo of, uh, what's the what's the word you use them on? Redux? I, I don't know that word, but you always use it. And I feel like I should start using it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just redux. It's just, that's what it means. Redo. <laughs> I need a dictionary in my life. Uh, one of these days I'll get one. Um, and Blaine on piano, Sam on guitar with uh, Tina and Artie are going to go into this version of Loser Like Me, which is a lot slower. And Aman, I'll uh, start off with you here as somebody who wasn't a big fan of the original. Yes, I like this version a lot. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Loser Like Me, but the slowed down acoustic piano version with all the little harmonies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this is it. This is it. I love that Artie like ends it with like a bit of like a vocal flourish and Blaine is like, ooh. That was nice. Like I couldn't tell if that was scripted or if that was <laughs> like, <laughs> an actual like reaction. <laughs> yeah, Mickey, what do you think? Which one's better? I love this version. Like, I really like both versions. I really enjoy the original version. I think it's overrated, but I do enjoy like watching the performance and everything. But then this version is just so nice, and I think everyone sounds so good in it. I'm also Jewish, by the way. So hey. the co- I really like the Cohen joke was really funny to me. I don't know why I chose to throw that in there at that exact moment, but it's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I really like this performance a lot. Yes, Kiki, what about you? Uh, I don't. I also don't like the original as much. I think this one's. I think this one's a lot better. I don't know. I just like all the characters and just how this scene. Like, I just thought it was a really nice version, and it just, it really just like worked in the episode and in the context and. I liked seeing all of like the seniors together for one last time, and it just it was just really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, the everything Amon said, I, I fully agree with the uh, the way that their voices just blended together. We've heard so many songs between these four in the past two seasons of um, just whatever. In you know, all, all, they've done a bunch of different like more fun performances, but this one you know really slowed down, kind of took in the mood of what they were all feeling of like you know being uh, just sad about how everything is happening for them and they're all leaving off in different directions, and especially Tina who is just feeling really down about herself. But um, this version I think is great and. As to which one's better, oh, I don't know. That's a tough call. I feel like that's uh, just as Mika, uh, I just combined your names, as Mickey was uh, having that struggle earlier, uh, picking between the two different versions of, um, which song was that that you were just talking about? Of, uh, don't Rain in My Parade. I am uh, struggling here. I don't know. Maybe I'll get back to this at the end of the episode or just hope that everybody forgets. But uh, yeah, it's a lot slower. And by the end of the song, they're begging her to come to New York with them. They're like, we can figure it out when we get there. Uh, we can just get an apartment because we know that these Glee kids have unlimited money to spend on uh, whatever. So happy for them. But yeah, 
Um, we're going to go over to the auditorium. We see Rachel practicing her lines and Santana comes in to find her freshly off of that conversation she just had with Brittany. And uh, Rachel's practicing her lines, like I said, and Santana's like, well, you certainly are dedicated. Rachel's like, yeah, well, under nor normal circumstances, I would be. But considering the fact that I have to worry about you pushing me off the stage at any moment, I can't slip even for a second. Santana tells her that she doesn't like that. She's like, you've been dreaming about this role since you were in gay utero, and uh, you've been working your tiny little butt off to get it, and I'm coming and sucking all the celebration out of it. And once again, uh, Rachel's going to ask her, why? Like, honestly, what have I ever done to you that is you know, making you still treat me like this? And Santana says nothing. I'm just not a particularly nice person. And sometimes I make choices that uh, seem right at the time. But then looking back, they're actually kind of mean. And she says to her, listen, I, I don't want to be a Broadway star. I'm too lazy to do eight shows a week. So Rachel is like perking up at this. She's like, does that mean you're quitting the show? Santana says yes. Uh, she texted the gay face director 10 minutes ago and said, I hereby resign as you of this production of FG. Uh, listen, don't get all sentimental on me or anything like that. I'm really happy for you, but I didn't do this for you, okay? I did it entirely for myself. Rachel says she knows, and that was very brave of her, but maybe they could at least sing a song together in the Glee Club. Uh, Santana says fine, but you know she's not going to do some tired old song that we've already done before, because Santana Lopez is way too badass for that. Um, but before we get into that number, of course, I'm going to turn to Mickey first for that one, but Aman, um, any thoughts on this scene of uh, you know how quickly this happened, of the two of them fighting and now all of a sudden uh santana's quitting the, this job she had yeah that's another thing it's like damn that's why i was like i would have loved if this i mean i'm glad that they had this um special in two episodes but if this were like more spread out through the two episodes like i feel like we reach the climax of the argument and then the resolution comes 10 minutes later i'm like okay santana you're just a crazy person because you were just out here talking about no i want all the shows i want them all now you're like i'm too lazy take them i'm just like girl what do you want us to do with you like what like what do you want us to root for with you are we just supposed to root for you and britney is that it like you've talked so much trash about how you're gonna be this famous person and you're gonna you're gonna do all these great things and then the next thing you know you're running away with your lover and that's fine but like i just i just need to know what's on the schedule for next week okay i just need to know what I need to be putting all my eggs in, you know, I just, I'm just like, Santana, come on. Like, either be the villain all the way, or get that, get that, get, get out of here. Like, I'm just, I'm just annoyed with her. I really am. And I know that it's not her, it's the writers. I'm just, ugh. Yeah, no, this is uh, pretty similar to how I felt back with uh, a lot of Quinn's storyline in season three or two, whenever they decided they were just going to stop writing for her in like a nice way that made sense to her. Um, so that's what I feel like we're up to here with Santana, which makes me annoyed. Um, but Mickey, it is time for the song that we've been waiting for. <laughs> Rachel and Santana are going to give us a very, very... I can't even think of a million different, I, I, or I can think of a million different positive adjectives to describe this one. Uh, be okay between the two of them. I love Rachel and Santana's voices together. I think they sound so good together. And listen, So Emotional is one of my favorite duets on the entire show um, from season three. And they they sound so good. And they even made a comment in season three that were like, I can't believe, like, we just started singing together in our senior year. And I'm over here like, yeah, I can't believe you did that either. Because <laughs> they just sounded so good. And I feel like we were just robbed of so many good things. Because, like, even in season three, like, we got some good stuff. Like, I Kissed a Girl was great between the two of them. But that was mostly Santana and stuff. But, like, 
I just really wish we had more of them together because I think they were such good duet partners and their voices just blended so nicely. And this song, this song, they just did the song so much justice. Like I thought they did so well. And it was a nice little surprise in like the episode. Uh, my note is uh, in here as much as I'm loving this. I'm like, why are the new kids still here? Like, what, what are they still doing here? Like, don't they have like something else to do? The, the club is over. Uh, they really are enjoying watching these old people that they not old people like these people that they don't know besides like hearing about them. Whatever. I just, just want to know what the conversation is like, you know, like when they when they sit them down and they're like, so we're going to take you off the show. Even though you've been signed on as a series regular, you will not finish out the season. We're also shortening the season. We're cutting off two episodes. So, you know, maybe the two episodes that it could have taken for us to effectively wrap up your storyline, we're just going to do away with those. Like, yeah, I mean, Marley and Jake, not a single bit of resolution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When they come into the damn table read and then you're just sitting there with all of these legends, the Glee legends that I'm sure that you're more than happy to be in the presence of. But then you want to show like, okay, like I'm, you know, I'm here too, but you're literally, you you only serve the purpose of like those, what, like maybe one or two lines at the end of the episode. It's just like, mm-hmm. I'm, I, and then you get, to, and then we like during this whole feud with Leah Michelle on Twitter, like a few months back, I think Alex Newell started talking about like, you know, for season six, he sort of like had to ask to come back. Like it was like they they let him go, and then he sort of like he made it seem as if like he was like at his you know at his ropes end, and wasn't like making any money, and wasn't working as an actor, and so he like he literally had to like ask Ryan or whoever the hell was like in charge to come back for season six. I'm just like, why do they do these kids so dirty? Like why roll roll out the the red carpet for them in the beginning of all this? Hype them up in our faces, like make Marley Rose out to be like the second coming of Rachel Berry, but like the the, the radio star version of it. And then, okay, let me stop yeah. ranting. I'm just no, oh. no 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 no. I mean, uh, you're speaking at least for me as well. I feel the exact same way. Um, Kikai, what do, what do you where do you sit on that? I also would like to know what that conversation was because like they like did nothing with the new kids, and I feel like. If they, like, explored it a little more, if they had those two extra episodes, we really could have learned about them. But, like, their storylines, they just, like, ended there. And they didn't even, like... Their storylines mm-hmm. had hardly started also. So, like, we really just got nothing out of them. And it was, like... It was really sad because, like, I think, like, Marley and Jake and, like, Unique, I think they all had such, like, good potential as characters. And then they just didn't get to go anywhere. And then when they came back to McKinley in season six and then they didn't bring them back, I was just kind of, like ridiculous because like they just never got their storyline to like end mm-hmm. and it was just it's just unfair to them like even the actors as well like i haven't seen them in like anything else since Glee. actually i saw alex and um as always extraordinary playlists but besides that they haven't really been in anything and like glee was like their big like chance and they just didn't get the opportunity to like finish up their storylines like they had like like you said they had the one scene in this episode and then they all showed up for the finale and they didn't do anything. They were just in the last performance. And it's just so unfair for them. I would argue Melissa Benoist is doing just fine. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, she's fine. She's fine. It's like, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily so much about like, oh, my God, like the people of it all. Because, I mean, they're going to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully they're going to be fine. But it's just like, you know, <laughs> for the lore enough. of Glee, it's just damn. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Kikai, what you uh, are you as big of a fan of uh, Be OK as I think the rest of us seem to be? Yeah, I am. I think it's a really good performance. I also love when Santana and Rachel do it always. So I liked this one a lot. I don't know if it's my favorite this episode, but it's definitely like one of my favorite duets of theirs. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I uh, can't complain about much these days when these two were uh, singing a song together. Uh, that was cheesy. Uh, Tina and Mike get up and start dancing along with everybody else back there, and Quinn and Puck and everybody. You see Quinn and Puck awkwardly dancing in the background there. Um, <laughs> Mon, if you're watching it now, look out for it. Um, the two of them are just like standing along the back, and I don't know. That was just weird. Uh, Kurt Sadie's is back together in the uh, to get you know just kind of chilling on their own and staying out of the drama and you know reuniting that friendship. So happy to see. It. It. All things seem to be going well over there, but not all around the school because we go back to Sue's office and she shows Will and Holly a bunch of angry letters. Uh, her desk is filled to the brim with angry letters from parents and whoever, uh, because obviously Will and Holly were trying to talk to every different club in the school, trying to turn them into some musical club as well. Um, and nobody was down for it. So she's like, I don't need to tell you this, but I guess, you know, this is the end of this extracurricular musical experiment. Will has had enough of this, you know, constantly being filled with hope and then being let down. So he storms off and says, you know what? I'm, I, it's fine. It won't happen again. Holly chases after him and says, well, we can try the ice hockey team. Like we can be singing on ice. Um, Will's like, enough, just stop. It's finished. It's over. I just want to get through this week and get to graduation. I've accepted it. It's done. We're done. There's nothing else we can do. Holly's going to go down the hallway and find Artie. She tells Artie, Artie Pants, I need you. And Artie's like, oh, finally, I'm in love with you too. Just give me a second. I'm going to send Kitty a breakup text. And she's like, no, 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 no. Oh this God. is about Will. <laughs> He's like, oh, you're in love with Will? She's like, no, I'm not in love with anybody. Get your camera equipment and meet me in the Spanish room. I'm on. That's wild, man. That is wild. <laughs> he was about to break the whole thing off with Kitty. Like, damn. Like that's that would be a rough track record for Kitty because I mean she got blown, uh, blown off by Ryder for some girl that wasn't even real. Then she was to get blown off by Artie for some person that's probably twice her age. Like <laughs> Kitty, you need to stop fucking with these glee guys. Like it's just not it's just not worth it. And like, this is when this is when she's nice now. So yeah, uh, so no, like you're just you're determined to send her back to her uh, to her villainous venomous ways. But yeah, I mean, Holly. I mean, we saw what uh, April tried to do in the last episode that didn't pan out, and now we're seeing what Holly's method was, and that's not panning out. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why um, Will isn't putting his foot down more, but just being like, you know what? Like, just stop. Like, no, I know that you guys are here. Just, just be here for me and the kids, just to, you know, have a good time singing all these songs. Like, we don't need any more antics. Like, Sue's just gonna shut them all down. Like, it's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, we're going to go over to the auditorium and uh, not, not, no, not the auditorium, the choir room and not get a whole lot of setup here, but uh, we're just going to go into another performance. Uh, just give me a reason with Puck and Quinn um, and Kikai, I'll start with you. You uh, a fan of this one? Uh, not really. I don't like the pairing as much and I don't think their voices worked well together. And it you don't just... like the pairing as characters? Yeah. Hmm. I, I liked it like when I first watched the show, but then I looked back and I'm like, wow, this is not this is not a good pairing. And it just seemed like they threw it in randomly. Like even in the last episode, it just seemed random. And then I don't know. I didn't like their voices together as much. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Mickey, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I never had my, many feelings on Puck and Quinn. Like I thought, I don't know. I thought they were nice together at some points and then other points it was just kind of a mess. Um, I think, like, later in the season, I didn't really like him to get there in the earlier seasons, but I think later in the seasons, once he, like, grew up a little bit, and she was, she, like, experimented a little bit, and was like, eh, I don't really, like, know what I like anymore, and it kind of got, like, a little, like, I liked their grown-up relationship more than I liked their high school relationship, I think. 
Mm-hmm. And so, which is kind of like the exact opposite of clean. I'm learning. Right. That's fun. Yeah, Aman, we talked about them in the last episode. You know, it did seem like we're kind of here with the only two episodes these two were going to be in on this season. And it was kind of like, rather than kind of giving them both separate storylines to go off on their own, uh, you know, to waste time having them both do something. It just, you know, these two, I think I think it always made sense for them to be together, given how things ended for them in season three. Like, you know, we, we did talk about this, about how their final episode of season three being like, we will always care for each other because of what the the history we have between the two of us. So I've always been okay with it. Um, the way that things play out for them in these two episodes. And I've always been like, all right, I get it. It's, you know, not a, not, uh, not a huge deal. Even if it's not like the thing that I think makes the most sense, like Quinn is somebody who wants to go off and do her own thing and be at Yale. Um, so the fact that she talks in the scene about how she's like, let me just talk about it all. Um, she looks at, uh, you know, she, she's looking at everybody after the song. She says that uh, Puck asked her out officially. She threw caution to the wind and he said yes. Uh, she said yes. And he seems like surprised about this, I guess, even though the two of them have been like latched onto each other. He didn't know that they were official. Uh, she's like, I can't make any promises, but you're the only guy who's been okay with me being myself, like always. He's like, yeah, well, once you see a baby come out of a girl's magic garden, everything else is uh, easily acceptable. She says, <laughs> I think I love you, Puck. I know it's not going to be easy with me in New Haven and you who knows where but I'd rather do hard with you than easy with somebody else and of course Santana throws in a wanky uh, she's like Santana for once I'd appreciate if you keep the inevitable snark to yourself and Santana says no look I gotta be honest I really like this pairing uh, the two of them kiss and everybody cheers for them well I mean uh, sure you know like I feel like I'm a bit more amenable to it um, this time around I feel like the last time that I watched this back when it aired I was like why when were they ever that close? But then, you know, now that I've watched all these seasons in quick succession with one another, it definitely makes more sense to me that, yeah, they, these two would be endgame if you were going for an endgame type of thing here. I just don't necessarily know if they need to be endgame. You know what I mean? Like, it makes the most sense for them to be, but do they need to be? I mean, she's in Yale right now. He is, that. what is he, the Air Force? Like, he's out here flying planes like <laughs> not that it, not that it can't work i'm just like does this i mean does this have to be the resolution right now it's it's you the know? easiest thing to do for sure it's like that's what i'm saying like quinn doesn't seem like even if she does love and care for puck uh like she would probably leave this off just talking about how she you know loves and cares for him and you know saying all right well i'll see you when i come home next rather than like i'm committed to being or no she doesn't make any promises but she's like i want to you know i want to make it work i want to you know do this even though it's not going to be easy i'd rather do hard with you than easy with somebody else so i mean that's what they're going for to just kind of let them ride off into the sunset together and i think i said this in the uh last episode recap as well that I wish you know at a certain point I kind of wish that they would have wrapped up these characters in this season if they weren't really going to do much with them going forward I don't know that I mean that entirely because if we're going to get Quinn in season four which uh, season four in season six which we are going to get a couple more episodes I think of her um, I'm looking forward to that but I still feel like if they were going to wrap things up you know put effort into it yeah so it's very haphazardly wrapped <laughs> mm-hmm. But as far as this performance goes, I am uh, a pretty big fan of it. I think um, I, I do think their voices blend together pretty well. Uh, Quinn has always sounded great on a duet with no matter who her duet partner is. She just has that voice that just really matches uh, very well. So I, I, I enjoy this one a lot. But after they're all done, Will says, in many ways, that brings us full circle, which is perfect because that was officially the last song that will ever be sung in Glee Club. We all have more songs to sing. We just can't sing them in here anymore. Glee Club is officially over. But I want to thank you guys. It has been an honor. 
and he sits there, you know, we're standing there with his hand, uh, one on Kurt's shoulder, one on Rachel's and, you know, just very emotional. Um, but he's going to go into his office and he finds a letter that was addressed to him. Turns out it was like an invitation of sorts. He shows up at the auditorium and he walks over to the desk where there's a remote on the table that tells him to press it. He sits down at the table and he's going to watch this video. And uh, I'm not going to read out everything everybody said. I'm actually going to play that for you. So uh, you guys can take a listen to this right now. Hey, so we don't actually know your name because this video was made before you were born, but you are the son or daughter of our teacher, Will Schuster. You know, many of us don't get to know our dads as men until they're older past middle age, maybe a little beaten down by life. But we want to tell you about what your dad was like when he was young. When he could dance like Fred Astaire. And sing like Michael Buble. He was an amazing teacher. Your dad and I almost hooked up, which means I could have been your mom. <laughs> Hit me up when you want your first tattoo. I know a guy. If it wasn't for your dad, I would have never been prom queen. Though that was kind of a bad experience for me when I think about it. But I still would have been living my life with a fake stutter. You had to be there. Okay, it may seem a little weird to you, but back here in the dark ages, it was still crazy for girls to love girls and guys to love guys, but your dad made sure that we felt safe loving whoever we chose. He does this magic trick where he pulls a duck out of a hat. You should have him show you sometime. Now, your dad had a passion for teaching. He really loved that moment when he connected with a kid, <laughs> and he was prone to over-emotional yet often inspiring pep talks. To put it simply, I was not a particularly nice person. Sweater's legit. And then your dad came along, and I became a man who was kind a relatively large portion of the time. I can say without a doubt that your dad saved my life. Little Hepburn and Tracy wouldn't have a daddy if it wasn't for your dad. Those are the names of my kids who aren't born yet either. We used a surrogate. I donated the egg. In the whole wide world, you never meet a man more accepting and open to nature and all its wonders than your father. He's a gem. The best thing about your dad and that horrible perm of his is that no matter how talentless, misshapen, ugly, miserable, or sexually ambiguous you are, he will still love you unconditionally. Your dad made sure that everyone in this school understood what it was like to see the world from this chair. And he helped me see all that I could be even though I was in it. He is the most genuine, honest, kind, generous, sand dollar. Amazing man any of us have ever met. He loved and looked after every one of us with as much care and concern as he does for you. We love your dad. We love him very, very much. And no matter where we are or what we're doing, he's with us because we have his name tattooed in our hearts. So, yeah, uh, they play him a really nice little video that you guys just heard. And uh, all of the kids are just saying really nice things to him about how he's an amazing teacher. And we see that this video is specifically addressed not to Will, but to Will's unborn child, which kind of sounds like a weird statement on a show likely because the, you know, Finn singing to the sonogram and you know, this kind of stuff happens all the time, whatever. Um, but it was, it was very touching. I got pretty choked up during this, which surprises nobody listening who knows that I'm a baby when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, Aman, I'll start with you. What did you make of this project that uh, was put together of course by Holly and Artie? Uh, I mean, come on, it doesn't really get much better than this. Everybody, everybody loves the sentimental clip show. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. I, I was sort of at first, I was like, what the hell? Because, you know, the the plan for trying to make another glee or to make another glee club out of a already pre existing club 
fell through and then Holly's like, okay, Artie, I need you. So I thought that she had like one more thing up her sleeve, but then it was just this. So that piece of me that was holding on to hope that maybe something would pan out was like, what is so it's just this shit, but then you start watching it and then your heart gets melted. So <laughs> yeah, I love that Sue was included as well. I love the little tidbit about <laughs> Kurt and Blaine having a child in which uh, <laughs> uh, Quinn is gonna donate the egg. Yes. I just, uh, I think it's just really, really cool and sweet and yeah. And even when we almost had everybody, still nothing from like half of the new kids. I mean, Unique was in there and, uh, you know, Blaine and yeah, Sam, not that they're new kids, but yeah, like no, no Jake, no Ryder. You could have had like Jake, no, Marley was in there. Marley had a line about how he can sing like Michael Buble, but, uh, I don't think that, uh, unless I'm forgetting anything, um, I don't think there was a Jake or Ryder line. They could have like gone together and been like, yeah, he's great. Like just to let them like say something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> Mickey, uh, what did you think of all this? Anybody, uh, in particular stand out to you from these messages? Yeah, I really liked the whole scene with Quinn and Kurt and Blaine. That was funny. I just thought it was really cute. I really liked the thing that always stands out to me is the I donated the egg comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Kikai, we have Santana and uh, Brittany in there talking about how back in the dark ages, it was crazy for girls to love girls and guys to love guys, but your dad made sure that, you know, we felt safe. Uh, Brittany talks about a magic trick where he pulls a duck out of a hat. Have we even seen that? I don't no. remember it. Mm-mm. We have not. You should have him show you sometime. Uh, but Kika, any, any uh, standouts from, from all this to you? Uh, I also liked the um, Quen and Kurt and Blaine one. I thought that one was really funny. And I also liked, um, I don't know, it was like in the middle of the thing and Brittany just throws in sand dollar. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> what was, uh, I, I don't think I understand the reference. Oh, neither do I. But I just thought it just, That's it was just point. so random it worked. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, he is the most genuine, honest, kind, generous, sand dollar, amazing man any of us have ever met. Uh, Yeah, and he looked after each and every one of us with as much care and concern as he does for you. We love your dad. We love him very much. No matter where we are or what we're doing, he's with us because we have his name tattooed in our hearts. And we're going to go into this performance. Rachel's going to lead into it. Of course, it is Don't Stop Believing. Rachel comes out first. Kurt comes out next, taking the Finn part, right? That's uh, This is where Finn would have come in. Yeah. Uh, Kurt comes out next with Mercedes, Tina, Artie. Will immediately starts crying, as I'm sure did I. And then eventually all the kids come out and join in. Sam and Blaine and the new kids come out from the uh, auditorium uh, door. Will comes out to the stage as well, who climbs over some chairs to make his way down there. And then he jumps in for the second verse along with Blaine. And you see Mike and Will getting some dancing going on with, of course, Jake coming in. Because, you know, if the new kids can't get much, they at least give Jake the opportunity to do some flips and tricks all over the place. Uh, some Kitty and Brittany dancing, Ryder and Jake lifting up Will on their on his shoulder. Um, and the kids are all just lined up. And eventually, towards the end of this number, they all do that march forward from the back of the stage to the front. And uh, it's just a very like they do don't stop believing so much. And, uh, you know, it's really hard to like not be beaten over the head with this. And it's like, OK, we get it. We like this song. You guys, you're good at it. OK, I don't know. Maybe it's like the sentimental value of it that makes this one not feel so monotonous to get through. But uh, Aman, I'll start with you. What did you uh, did? Are, are we OK with them still doing it? I'm OK with them still doing it at this point. I mean, it. It's. It, I mean, the the last time that it was done, it was less than a season ago, right? Like it was like maybe fourteen, fifteen episodes episodes ago. But sure, fine. I mean, we've never seen it done this way before with all of the Glee kids, um, you know, minus a few, of, of course. But 
sure, fine, I'll take it. It's fine. <laughs> I agree. I think it's definitely overdone, but I enjoyed this performance because of all the new touches that were in it and the sentimental value of the fact that, like, the Glee Club's over and everyone's leaving and it's like what is going to happen from here. And the new kids have never sung this before. Exactly, and the new kids have never sung this before. I, and not to bring up Kurt again, I, like, uh, I don't, he didn't ruin the song because that's the wrong wording, and he, like, his part was fine. But I feel like Puck could have done it or something. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. It's just. Artie. Artie should have done it. Yes, I'm so sorry. I, I love his voice, but I just literally forget he was there. <laughs> so did Kurt and Mercedes when they were online buying tops. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes, already should have done it. Correct. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, Kikai, what do you think? Uh, I like it. I always like the don't, don't Stop Believing performances. I know they're overrated, but like, there's just something so personal about each and every single one of them. Like, I was rewatching earlier, and I it was just like I was just casually rewatching, and I found myself doing the little hand things that they do, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm still doing this. Aww. But like, still, it just I just I just love it. I like this one a lot though because I think I think Kevin sounds really. Although I really hope that Sue or somebody like I hope that they put the girl in therapy before sending her off because. Right, she did bring a whole gun to school. So, like, we're just gloss over that. I know, right? They're just like, woohoo! But okay, (laughs) um, yeah, this is this was great. Why the fuck did it take Brown? So, who waits to accept somebody in June? Who does that? That's horrible. (laughs) Brown University. I would be like, no, fuck y'all. I'm not going with y'all. That's crazy. (laughs) Kika, happy to see, uh, happy to see this for Tina, or were we uh, hoping she was going to end up in New York? Uh, I was happy for Tina. I re- yeah, I was happy for her. And uh, Mickey, Brittany is uh, going to get a chance to go up on that stage and graduate the proper way. Uh, it's uh, I-, I was I was pretty touched by that. I was really happy about that. Um, I think it was it was really nice to see, and I just like that like Santana sent her off and everything like that little proud look. And um, mm-hmm. but I think the one that got me the most was definitely Becky. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, it just, it hit every feel in my body. I was just like, look at these two. Like they just have so much love and care for each other. Um, and I, you know, I'm just, I'm glad that they highlight this relationship between the two of them. Cause it's such a special one. And Becky is such a character <laughs> and like, like one of my favorites. And this is like, this part of this, of the show is reminding me why I had Becky in my top four characters. Um, and you know, I, I'll get back to that debate one day if I, if I need to. Um, honestly, I think, I think she still goes, whatever. We'll talk about that another time, but. But yeah, I uh, love to see all that. Brittany and Santana are going to go off to the bathroom. Santana says, Brittany, I have to tell you something. I think I made a huge mistake. And Brittany's like, oh, you don't want to run away with me, do you? Uh, uh, Brittany's, Santana says, no, 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 no. Of course I do. I was doing some research on Lesbos Island, and it turns out that it's not chock full of lesbians. It's actually uh, all German tourists. So I bought us return tickets so that we're not going to stay there forever. I think we should go there uh, and then go to Hawaii for a couple of weeks and then come home. And she says, well, uh, I don't want to go back to MIT and I can't return to Lima. So Santana gives her a suggestion. Why don't you come to New York with me? That's what I want. And Brittany kind of smiles at her and she's like, is that a yes? Brittany says yes. So that's the plan. Uh, and that's, you know, the writer's way of telling us that Brittany and Santana are going to take a couple of episodes off once we get back to New York, which makes me mad. But it is what it is. They're off at uh, Lesbos Island after this graduation. So that's it. Then they're going to both go to New York. So we'll see how that all plays out. Will and Sue are in the choir room, and Will's like, you here for uh, one last verbal beatdown for me before I go? 
Sue brought them some wine coolers from her cellar from some company that closed business back in the 80s, and she's been saving for a special occasion. Will says, you finally won. Sue says to him, I don't see the world the way you do, William, but I got to give you this. Whatever you did in that room, you changed a lot of kids' lives for the better uh, and your own. I do find both of your spouses intolerable, but uh, at least this one is kind to you. So she's happy for him that he's you know living a better life. He found his his fiance now wife, you know, and now they're starting a family together, and you know his life has been changed just as much as these kids have been uh he's like yeah i'm not gonna miss this like you picking because she, she made a comment like calling uh emma bony uh intolerable and bony so he's like i'm not gonna miss this and she's like oh i am she says nobody ever went the distance with sue sylvester the way that you did my whole life i've been searching for a worthy adversary and i'm really gonna miss the fight he's like but i could have done more there are still so many kids out there and she's like well who says you can't you were a horrible history teacher and you were a worse Spanish teacher. You need to be coaching a glee club. That is why I got you an interview for the open slot at Carmel High. He's like, vocal adrenaline? There are mortal enemies. And she's like, imagine what you could do with a real budget. Somebody with, you know, without somebody like me constantly trying to take you down. And there is no our enemies anymore because there's no R anymore. Uh, we're in the middle of a new computer lab, William. You got to look around and, you know, it's it sucks. I get it. But, you know, you did more here than uh, I would ever care to admit. It's really over though it's uh it's it's over here go over to carmel high it's only an interview you know you could always blow it if you want to or if that ends up happening it is what it is and she's gonna leave him behind with just the piano stool and uh he takes a sip of his awful drink and uh takes a minute to himself i'm on so did she just fire him <laughs> i don't think so okay because it just felt very ominous it was like you uh, were a bad Spanish teacher, even a worse history teacher. I'm like, okay. She's saying, she said were, like past tense. Yeah. So I'm like, are you saying that you are getting rid of him too? And that's why you got him the interview? Because <laughs> that's just damn, Sue. Like, why you got to kick him while he's down? <laughs> I think, I think she knows that, you know, he's not, uh, not one that's going to want to stick around and just teach history. So without the Glee Club, he's probably going to be gone anyway, but. She did a nice thing for him. She got him an interview all set up. Obviously, that wasn't on his radar. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> it just seems really brutal. Well, Mickey, we're at the end of, uh, not the end, the end, because, of course, we know that there is uh, more to come with Will and Sue. Maybe not right away, but in time. Um, what do we think of uh, these two and their relationship to this point and uh, the way that things seem to be ending for now? Um, well, I love Sue. I'll say it. I think... As a character, I just love that she didn't have any discernible plot or like storyline. Like one day she was like, oh, I like the Glee Kids, and one day she was like, I'm going to destroy the Glee Club. And I just love that she was literally insane. I think it was really nice just to see that she was like, Yeah, we've been at each other's throats this entire time, but I still do want to look out for you. And like she did get him the job of vocal adrenaline, which, like, you know, it's just, it was just nice to see. It was just. A nice little send-off for the two of them. Uh, can I ask you a question? Where was Emma this episode? Do we know? <laughs> she hasn't know. been there since, like, the funeral. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know. She, okay. No, she was, she was in a couple episodes ago. Um, in, I don't know what episode, but she was uh, she was just around at one point. Just not much. She's just, uh, you know, Jamie Mays. Not a main character in this season or the next one. So Emma's off. Uh, oh, just the one that the, the one where uh, they were trying to become pregnant, whatever that one was. 
Oh yeah, and then they did yeah. become pregnant. So yeah, she's been here. They uh, they made the baby. <laughs> yeah, how how feminist of them! Like <laughs> she's only there to to make babies, and then they get rid of her. <laughs> Just crazy. Yeah, she's uh, she's gone uh, for now. She's off, uh, you know, getting everything all set for the baby, I guess. But uh, as Will is by himself in the choir room, he just kind of hears some voices in his head, which is probably not a good thing, but it's a sentimental moment, so I'll give it to him. Um, he hears voices from all of the kids with some different lines from previous episodes all the way back to like season one, season two, um, with Rachel and Puck and Artie and Kurt and Mercedes, and and uh, they're going to close things out with... I mean, it's, it's really just a bunch of sentimental lines, like Puck talking about how he used to be tossing kids into dumpsters, uh, Rachel saying that being part of something special makes you special, right? Artie says he's never kissed a girl before. Uh, Kurt says he wasn't honest about who he was. Mercedes is talking about how uh, Glee Club will never end, Mr. Shoe, because you are Glee Club. I think that was from uh, Two Sir with Love back in season one or two, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Kurt talking about how it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. What matters is that we're friends. Santana says the struggle continues, but at least I know I'm not alone. Rachel says, if I uh, let you down when you needed me the most, I'd never forgive myself. And of course, we close things out with Finn saying right before a competition they were about to go on for, he says, we went around the room and everybody said what they wanted to win this thing for. And we all said the same thing. We wanted to win this for you, Mr. Shu. And uh, as Will leaves, we see the piano chair just sitting there all on its own. The only piece of furniture remaining in this room with all the kids laughing in the background. And that's it. The new directions are over. The Glee Club is over. McKinley is uh, closing the doors to the musical era of it all, and it's time to head over to New York. But that's all we have for this episode here. It's uh, it's all done. It's a wrap. We were not able to successfully save the new directions. I can't believe it. I can believe it, but I can't believe it. Any final thoughts, Amon, before we get into uh, favorite songs? It's over. No. So this is why I was like, I, this would be a horrible ending if you guys, you guys talked about maybe this should have been the ending of Glee. Like, <laughs> this would be horrible. It would be so sad. What is this? The fucking bad news bears? Like, that shit. they wouldn't get the Glee come back. It would have been unexpected. Like, I think just like Glee ends with like the Glee club ending, you know? <laughs> it's no. definitely sad. I I will uh, revisit this take when we get to the end of season six and see how we feel. There's a bunch of different stopping points that we uh, have assessed. Could they have stopped here? Could they have stopped here? One day we'll get to the uh, exact answer. But that's all that for now. Let's get into our favorite songs. All right. I am changing Kurt and Mercedes. Party all the time. Holly Holiday with the New Directions, New and Old. Oh, and Will Schuster. Loser Like Me, Artie, Blaine, Sam, and Tina. Be okay, Rachel and Santana. Just Give Me a Reason, Noah and Quinn. Don't Stop Believing, Will Schuster. The New Directions, New and Old. All right. Mickey, get us started here. Which song from this episode was your favorite? Oh, God, there's so many options. Sometimes I wish you guys would do least favorite because I feel like I always just have one for that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, That'd be no fun. <laughs> I mean, Be Okay is always up there as far as, like, because it's a Santana and Angel duet, but I think just for sentimental reasons, it might have to be this version of Don't Stop Leaving or Loser Like Me. Mm-hmm. You can you can pick uh, multiple. I, I never will stop anybody from doing multiple. If it's really like a three-way tie, it's up to you. Or if you can eliminate one, that's what I've been trying to do lately. So uh, you tell me what you think. Well, I'm going to throw in Party All the Time just as an honorable mention because that 
bangs. <laughs> but it does. Um, it does bang. I think I might have to go with this version of Loser Like Me because I did like it so much more than the original. Okay. So that that would take the number one spot? Yeah. All right. Uh, Kikai, what do you think? Um, I think as much as I love Loser Like Me and Be Okay, I think I'm going to have to go with Don't Stop Believing just for like nostalgic purposes. Yeah, it's uh, it's there's a lot of good picks in here. I think uh, even if the episode wasn't exactly what we wanted it from every angle of it they uh they do a good job with the music at the very least Aman, what's yours damn i really want to say loser like me is that what i'm about to do <laughs> am i about to do that oh my god you know what i'm gonna give it to party all the time yes <laughs> exactly uh i was happy to see uh loser like me getting all the love i mean it you loser like me was really 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 close it was really close but uh party all the time as much as i ragged on its purpose in the episode <laughs> it's a bop it's a <laughs> it's bop and i certainly i certainly enjoyed this more than uh razor glass and uh uh happy so there it is for me all right well i'm uh sad uh, that just give me a reason is not going to make it on the board because i've always been a really big fan of that one but i'll uh i i will also do my part in leaving it off the board um and since loser like me and don't stop believing have already gotten some love here i will uh give soul focus on be okay uh, as my favorite song i think it is uh I, I didn't give the highlight to uh, So Emotional back in the day, and Mickey has uh, been giving me uh, a hard time for it ever <laughs> since. But I will uh, try to correct that by giving the Santana and Rachel duet here my uh, sole spot. But yeah, Loser Like Me is still so good, so great. Like, I'm going to replay that song many times, uh, you know, going forward. And Don't Stop Believing. I mean, how many times can I give it my favorite song as much as I will fully acknowledge that that entire scene was incredible with all of that. So really good stuff there. But uh, but that's my answer. Slushy ratings. Kika, I'll start with you this time. Zero slushies, five slushies, somewhere in the middle. Where do you uh, land for this episode? Uh, I'll go with two slushies. That had a lot of good parts, but there were also some parts that I was just like, eh, about. Like, the performances weren't, like, the best that Glee's ever done. Like, I think the performances in the, in the first part of the 100th episode were a lot better. And, like, it was, like, it had a good ending, but, like, it, the episode was a little bit like all over the place like with the Santana and Rachel plot and stuff and like with everything mm-hmm. but like it was still good like that the ending of the episode is really good like that's like one of the scenes in Glee that always makes me cry so I don't it was like good but it wasn't like perfect so I'll, I think two like summarizes how I feel about it. Mickey what about you? Uh, I think I'm also going to give it to I we literally have been talking about this episode for like two hours and I keep forgetting all this shit happened in it like, it was so packed full of things, and half of it didn't make sense. Like, I didn't understand the plot line for how they were going to save the New Directions, and the Rachel and Santana thing was so overdone. But, like, like you guys said, like, that last scene with Will in the room with all of their voiceovers playing, that's one of my, that's, like, one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. Um, mm-hmm. And the graduation scene was just so, it's like, sentimental, and they had so many good performances in this episode, so, like, I did like it, but I think I do have to knock off some points just for the fact that I didn't fully understand what was going on for the first half. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I feel I feel the twos. I, I'm going to end up knocking it down just uh, down to a one there. I'll give it one slushy. Um, as I have mentioned many times, I kind of 
rate these things with my feelings. And uh, when they get me in that emotional state like they did uh, a couple different times in this episode, it really keeps me with the uh, the lower ratings. So yeah, I uh, I don't know that it was quite at that perfect level. Of course, it was uh, a couple different things we were picking apart here and there throughout the episode. Some storylines that were kind of like, eh. You know, they tried to do a whole lot with these back-to-back episodes. They tried to get everybody back, and it was a, it was a good thing to see everybody's, everybody there, but it's like you can't reasonably give all of the time to Rachel and Santana, and then also Mercedes, and then also Quinn and Puck, and then also this and that, and then still have time for the new kids, and April, and Holly, and it's like very good and fun to see everybody back there. So it's like, I don't know, how do you have your cake and eat it too by having all the people you want to see, but also having like a coherent storyline that wraps up a lot of different things, whatever. So it was a tough job to manage. And then also hearing that, you know, the writers were so busy at the time that, you know, it was, I guess they didn't put as much attention into it as they could have, uh, is, is sad, but whatever. So I'll, I'll just land on one and uh, be grateful for some of the second half of the episode stuff. That was, uh, was, was good. Aman, what do you got? Um, I think I'm right there with you. I think one slushy because of all the sentimentality, which I appreciated. I loved the video to Mr. Shu and the reprisal of Don't Stop Believing. Um, but there were so many problems with this episode as well. And the fact, you know what? 1.5 because they really did those, those new kids dirty. And I, I feel like this is just unacceptable, honestly. And even if I'm not the biggest fan of them, like, they, they literally did them dirty. Like, literally, they, they had them cleaning up the choir room at the end. <laughs> like, where are the new kids? Like, I, like, they're, yeah, they're, you know, back in the choir room cleaning up. Like, I it's just, it, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Uh, so that's the slushy ratings. Uh, we're all pretty much on the same page there. Could have been better. Uh, Could have been worse. But let's get to give out some gold stars before we close this episode out here. And uh, Mickey, I'll bounce back to you. Uh, anybody in particular stand out to you? Who's uh, who's getting your gold star here? My gold star is going to Miss Holly Holiday. Hey. Um, part of just for party all the time. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. I don't know. That performance just bangs. But also just like, I really enjoy that she just stuck with them. Like she was like, as even though they couldn't save the Glee Club, I really enjoyed that she was like, you know what, we're gonna do the absolute most to try. For sure. And uh, Kikai, what about you? I'm gonna have to also go with Holly. I just I feel like this. No, besides Holly, oh, I don't yeah. think anyone else really stood out for me this episode. So yeah, I think it goes to Holly just like for a party all the time and like everything she did to try and help save the Glee Club. Mm-hmm. All right. Doubled up on Holly. Um, I am going in a direction that uh, I'm annoyed that I'm going in this direction because they uh, they shouldn't have they shouldn't have convinced me to do this, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, every once in a while, they give you an episode where they're like, "Do you realize how much Will Schuster means to these kids? Like, do you realize how much they all have to praise him and like everything that they have to say?" Like. Uh, I, you know, we give Will a hard time here for a lot of things, very justifiably. Um, but when you come to an episode like this, where the new directions are ending, and we have this scene of Will and Sue, and Sue praising him for all of the work that he's done to change the lives of all these kids and his own for the better, and you know, even Sue is coming to him, you know, giving him a round of applause for the work that he has done, and you know, saying that you are good at this and you should go forward and do more of this somewhere else because you know you can't do it here anymore. 
and just that whole video that they put together uh, for Will and seeing all of the kids talk about how great he is and how much he means to them. So even if I don't believe it, the kids are telling me uh, how much he meant to them. So I'm going to let the kids guide me on this one and I will give Will Schuster a gold star. All right. Well, the ladies have swayed me. I am giving mine to Holly Holiday. <laughs> I can't believe the adults got all the gold stars this episode. I, you know, we wouldn't have gotten that cute video if it weren't for her. We probably wouldn't have gotten the Don't Stop Believing reprisal if it wasn't for her. Can, can somebody um, give one to April? Poor April Rose. Come but on. She, like, what did she, she do? What did she do other I don't than? Know. She was just the, there. Yes. Yeah, the last episode was her episode to get one. But I, and I almost gave it to her yesterday, but you, you know, kind of swayed me with your Puck gold star. And I was like, okay, well, I feel bad for not giving it to Puck now. So, but I almost did. April will be fine. She'll be fine. She will. She's uh, she's got a lot going on for herself. But yeah, any anything further to add as to why it's Holly or? No, I just think that um, I I agree. I I enjoy that she came back and she really was gung ho about putting this group back together and everything. And even if she didn't succeed, she at least tried to wrap a nice you know help wrap a nice bow on everything. So I just I I loved that. I think that they were the perfect two guest stars to bring back. And so. Mm-hmm. For it to be her last, you know, appearance on the show, I want to make sure that she gets something. All right, I would have loved to see April get one, but I can't be mad because I didn't do it myself. Um, all right, but she didn't do much this episode. I know, but this whole thing was her and Holly. Uh, they uh, they were a tag team duo, but it's okay. I love Holly, and I'm happy to see her getting her th- three gold stars as it's her final episode and you know actual final opportunity to ever get some. So that's that. Um, Mickey, Kikai, thank you guys again for uh, joining us here. Always a pleasure to have you both here. Uh, Kikai, I'll start with you. Um, of course, remind everybody the account that they should be following for all of the out of context Glee stuff and uh, anything else you want them to be checking out of what you guys are up to. Uh, yeah, so our account is OOC Glee on Twitter. And then if you want to follow me on my uh, personal, it's Tess Pearsons. Uh, yeah. And uh, has have any of the Glee cast members... Uh, found any of your tweets since we last spoke sadly no yeah <laughs> or if they have we haven't seen it but for, i've been scrolling through notifications a lot more and i haven't seen anything we tried really hard we posted that um screenshot of Artie in like the sdd costume and then we tagged kevin <laughs> yes. we tagged kevin in a tweet underneath and we were like we don't know how much glee paid you but it wasn't enough so we did try. And it didn't work. <laughs> we made an effort if it's going to work on anyone it's either going to be kevin or heather maybe alex yeah we will I don't know. So those three will uh, will get them one of these days. But Mickey, anything on your end? Of course, it's the same account you guys share with uh, Out of Context Glee. But anything else going on? Uh, yeah. If you want to follow my Twitter, it's sick as Mick. So feel free to just follow me and join me there on my shenanigans. All right. So thank you guys again for uh, for coming on. Aman, where can they find us? You can find us at Quiet Room Pod on Twitter. You can follow us individually. I'm at Amon Adwin. Matt is at Matt Lagori. Make sure that you leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast. We'll read them aloud on the show. Anything else? That's it for uh, this two-parter, episode 100 and 101. It is over. The new directions are over. The Glee Club is over. I'm sorry to get all depressing on us as we close things out. If you're uh, sad about that, maybe you're not sad about that. Maybe you're really excited like Amon to get to New York. But either way, we will, uh, of course, be moving on towards New York and towards season six eventually. And uh, we're, we're getting down to the uh, towards the end of this thing. But we still got time to go, so don't get sad yet. Um, that's all I got. So we'll see you guys then. All right. Peace.
See you guys in the big city. Um, I was I, I didn't even mention it, but like during the uh, Quinn performance, Rachel is like staring at Quinn the whole time. Like, yes, she is. Oh my god, <laughs> she certainly she is. She was staring because she was thinking about Finn, not Quinn. Okay, yeah, she Finn saw the was... two of them in love, and it reminded her of the love that she has lost. Yes, lost with Quinn because <laughs> Quinn is with somebody else. That's like there's no getting around. It. It's just that's what it is. <laughs> 